Podcast where my wife and I talk about bad movies and share our thoughts and opinions with you, the listener. I am Nigel from com, and with me as always is my wife, Caitlin. Hey. And Rocket. <laughs> and Quincy. And Salem. Yeah. It's going to be a great show. Oh my gosh, you guys better be quiet. They're going to be so good, you won't even know that they're here. I mean, I already know that they're here. (laughs) Guys, be quiet. Rocket has the energy of, like, 20 dogs right now. Yeah, well, it's been raining, and she hasn't gotten her long exercises. I took her on one today. She seemed Not a long one. Yeah, but she came home today, and she seemed all lazy. Yeah. All right, we got to talk about the movie and stop talking about our dogs. We should have a podcast where we just talk about our dogs and how cute they are. Yeah. Do you know who would listen to that? I would. (laughs) Our moms. (laughs) And maybe your dad. (laughs) This week we're talking about Blood Diner. The 1987 movie directed by Jackie Kong. Jackie Kong? Yeah. Yeah. Women can be directors too, Caitlin. (laughs) Despite what the Oscars and what... People want you to believe there are no women directors out there. Well, what awards did this movie win? This movie won my heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the award that it won. This movie, Caitlin, how would you describe this movie? This movie has everything from, what is it called whenever people summon other things? Seances, but kind of. I mean, of I think really. a seance is like a go is like for ghosts. Okay. So like rituals. Okay, this movie has rituals. It has a pretty cool murder sequence. It has. It has Ronald and Nancy people. Reagan. It has Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Chest vaginas. What? At the end with. With Shitar. She oh, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of um, the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. It reminded me of Videodrome. Oh, yeah. When he gets that VHS tape put in his stomach. Yeah. Yeah. This movie literally has it all. It does. If you're looking for a rom-com, it's got that. It's got a little bit of rom-com in it. If you're looking for action adventure, boom, we have it. If topless you're looking for murder mystery, boom, we have it. Topless cheerleaders in an, an aerobics class? Boom, we have it. 
Yeah. Everything you never thought you needed, we have it in this movie. And the good news is, it's streaming on Hulu. Yes. So if you want to watch it, then go watch it. Pa- mm-hmm. Hit pause. We'll still be here when you come back. You should watch this movie. And then we'll talk about it. Because we're, we're about to start saying some things about the plot, and you're going to think, there's no way that this is a real movie. Well, you need to go prove yourself that it is a real movie. Yeah. The What else does this movie have? A lot. This movie has a lot. Oh, it's got dolls. Like, ventriloquist dolls. That was weird. That was... That was something else. Um, okay. So I don't really have a whole lot to say about this movie. Because, well... The people who are in it and directed it didn't really do much after that. Um, no? Yeah, so Jackie Kong, she had like a three-picture deal with Vestron Video, which is like a... a um, what's it called? A subset? A sub-company? They're part of Lionsgate, and they do okay. like schlocky movies like this. So she had a three-picture deal with them, and I'm pretty sure this is the last of three pictures because her next movie, The Underachievers, does not look like something Vestron would release. Um, or maybe maybe they did. I don't know. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and then the guy who wrote it, he was an actor in like a bunch of movies like Surf Nazis Must Die and Sorority oh. Babes. Nice. Hold on, what's the full title? Sorority Babes and the Slime Bowl Bowl O'Rama. Uh, his name is Michael Sonya. Um, I think this one, this Sorority Babes movie, is actually on our list of movies to watch. As it should be. I mean, it's got like a little gremlin thing running around. That's terrifying. In a bowling alley. And, uh, it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, all of the actors in it, they literally had never been in anything before. Really? Yeah, a lot of them were musician people that the writer knew. Um, and some of them, like, didn't even want to be actors. And they just kind of roped them into doing it. So, this movie is, like, the definition of low budget lots of money say like, well i don't even know i feel like this movie could be shot pretty cheaply um oh man remember when that guy starts talking for the first time the detective yeah and you're like oh that's yeah, not the voice I that i thought was coming out ask you if this movie was dubbed no this was an english movie but okay so here's my question then he starts talking and it definitely is not what you expect this person's voice to sound like, which is okay. That happens sometimes. And Caitlin's a little racist, so you no, know, it's, no, it's not that. It's like it was very high pitched for what I imagined it to sound like. Yeah. And I was just wondering, like, but then he seems to lose the high pitchedness as the movie goes on. See, I think. Uh, I think as the movie went on, his voice just got normalized. Like, it just became more acceptable for him to sound like that. You think so? That's that's my theory. 
That could be. I don't know. So, oh, that's a cool cover for it. Mm-hmm. Fonda Sangrienta. So, this movie, it was originally written as a sequel to the Herschel Gordon Lewis movie, Blood Feast, which... Let me read you the plot summary to Blood Feast before we get started, because it this is necessary. An Egyptian caterer kills various women in suburban Miami to use their body parts to bring to life a dormant Egyptian goddess while an inept police detective tries to track him down. So, a remake of, of that? Uh, well, okay, so it was, like I said, it was supposed to be a sequel, but they said, at this point... Herschel Gordon Lewis, he had he had been retired for a while and he wanted a lot of money and they said we that would be like our whole budget so we couldn't afford to bring him in. So it kind of ended up becoming a uh like a weird sort of remake of it. Okay. I've never seen Blood Feast. But I really want to now because mm-hmm. this movie was ridiculous. And if there's a brain in a jar in Blood Feast, I'm on board with it. And that was in Blood Diner. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it's in Blood Feast, then I'm going to be more oh, on board to gotcha. watch it. Oh, gotcha. And Herschel Gordon Lewis, just for some context, he's basically like the godfather of gore is what they call him. It we would not have gory movies if it wasn't for him because he pushed the envelope during the heyday of exploitation movies. Okay. So that's why we have those. And that's pretty much the only context I have for this. There are no other no other uh, fun facts about this. Did you have any thoughts or things that you wanted to add to it? Um, no, I'm ready to jump into this movie. Okay. So, the movie starts off with young Mikey and young Georgie. They are children, as and they are playing, as children do. And it's, it's like what, like, late 60s, like 50s-ish? Yeah. Mom says, I'm gonna go to the grocery store. Like, you'll be fine. Just don't open the door for anyone. She ran out of tampons. Is that that all she needed? Yeah. Oh, I thought she said she needed something else, too. No. She cursed and said, I ran out of tampons. As you do. Right. Uh, So these kids are playing, and then we cut to a POV shot outside of someone approaching the home, and... We hear this, like, news thing that someone escaped from a mental hospital wielding a meat cleaver and his genitals in his other hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And you think, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Uh, Should we talk about what these kids are playing with? That's a good point. Well, I only remember that the one kid was playing with the Felix, the cat clock. Mm-hmm. The other kid was making, like, food with Play-Doh. Right. Because they're going to be chefs, so, like, foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. These two kids are basically being groomed by their uncle, as we come to find out, mm-hmm. for his nefarious purposes. 
the Felix the Cat Clock is, you know, the cat, it's got the eyes that tick back and forth and the mm-hmm. tail. And he's using it to practice his hypnosis, as we find out. The the door, some the killer is beating down the door mm-hmm. and is approaching these two children with a meat cleaver. And we find out that this individual is their uncle Anwar. Yes. Tutman. And they're all excited, saying that they're uh, gonna, they're practicing their hypnosis, and they're practicing their cooking. And he's like, "That's great." By the way, I've got these amulets for you. By the way, he does not have his genitals in his hand at this point. No, don't so know why that was a news point. lied. Yeah, fake news. Fake hashtag fake news. Uh, he also gifts them a black magic book. Mm-hmm. And tells them to study it, and because someday they're gonna resummon their goddess, Shitar. Yes. And then he goes outside, and he gets shot to death by the police officers that are have surrounded the house at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's how this movie opens. Yeah. It starts with a man. You think, man, those kids are traumatized. But they're not. They don't seem phased no. at all no. by the fact that this individual covered in blood, this like this is a normal life for them. Yeah. And in some ways, I wish that the mom had been there when the uncle showed up because I'd be curious to see what that relationship is like. Right. Like, is the mom aware that these children are? She seems like a very unaware mother. Yeah. She seems more preoccupied with her tampons. Well, Yeah. <laughs> You know, as women in the 50s were meant to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So then, cut to 20 years later, and they are, Georgie and Michael, they're grown up now. Mm-hmm. They are grave robbing. Mm-hmm. It is Uncle Anwar's grave. One man comes up to them to ask them what they're doing. And they lightly tap him on the back of the head with a shovel, and he his eyes pop out of his head, and like he completely dies. perfectly pop out of his head. Yeah, and then that that killed him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super dead. I don't, I don't know. Can you really like do that? Hit someone so hard that their eyes come out of their head? No, like, like, okay. Well, sure. If you hit someone so hard that only their eyes came out of their head, would that kill them? I don't know. I mean, I think if you have to hit someone hard enough that their eyes come out of their well, head. Well, then, then like, you would probably, like, damage the brain or something, which would make sense. Right. That's but probably... They, they didn't really show that. They just showed a light tap, eyes popped out, dead. Yeah. Maybe they have magic killing powers. Well, that was not established. Okay, but we... They can summon people from the dead... So, yeah, but we never see them have magic killing powers again. Uh, yeah, because they just have normal killing powers throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. You know, with like knives with and food stuff. And too. guns. Do they, do they kill anyone with food? I don't think so. Well, that guy throws up a lot. Yeah, but like he doesn't die. Like a concerning <laughs> amount. He probably should have died from that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here's something that we need to establish up front. They, 
someone at some point in time determined that Shitar is five million years old. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard number for them in this movie. <laughs> like, and it's it's not like a generalized, oh yeah, this all of this feast in Shitar stuff happened five million years ago. Like, you know, trying to like round up or anything. Right. They very specifically say In uh, five hundred BC or five thousand BC. Was five it million five, BC. Five million BC. This hasn't been done since five million BC. Yeah. Which just seemed, I mean, maybe, but it just Yeah, like a normal person would say like five million years ago or something like that. Yeah. But they're like, this hasn't been done since five million BC. Or in five million BC, we did it this way. Yeah. Yeah. There's something very specific about that date. I mean, I guess like there's nothing really wrong with that. Maybe that's when it did happen. I don't know. Yeah, it's just not natural language, which is another reason I thought maybe this movie was dubbed. You also don't really see, I mean, okay, so normally with this stuff, they're like, oh, it happened a couple thousand years ago. This is like five million years BC, which even if like most conventional beliefs of evolution and how old the world is, like pretty sure that's like dinosaur time still. Yeah. But I mean, Cheetar could have been a dinosaur goddess. We don't know. Yeah, the dinosaurs were throwing this Lumerian feast and summoning Shitar. We don't know. We, You know what? We don't. Um, all right, so they steal Anwar's brain and mm-hmm. put him in a jar. Anwar... He's been dead for, what, 20 years? 20 years. And his brain ha- is in full working capacity and hasn't, like, decomposed at all? But the rest of his body... Was a janky skeleton. Right. That makes sense. I follow. Okay. The other thing is his brain had eyes attached to it. I thought they used the guy's eyes that they popped out. They never really established that. I That's like my headcanon for what they did. Well, I think that's what they did because he didn't have eyes when they dug him up. Yeah, he didn't. I just didn't know what we were supposed to believe. I I don't know. Maybe his brain grew eyes. That's that is an idea. I mean, the eyes were okay. So necessary. Here's, trust me. <laughs> here's Uncle Anwar with that crazy look in his eye. You know how he's kind of got short eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I think they. I think they were trying to say that they were Anwar's eyes. But that doesn't even make sense because. Then his brain would just have to grow eyes because when they dug him up, he didn't have eyes. Yeah, I know. Okay. Look, well, this we're not trying to to make this movie make sense. Like, why would you expect anything like that? I just feel like that deserves an explanation, though. Brains don't just have eyes. Yeah, but this one does. Mm, no, but keep going. I don't believe it. Um, okay. So, cut to the blood diner. That's what it's called? No. No, it's, it's called triangle sperm. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nam Tut's Cafe. No, it's called triangle sperm. Where do you ever see Nam Tut's Cafe? On the door. 
Okay. It, and when the detective sees Namtuts and she realizes that it's Tutman backwards. No. It definitely has two giant signs. One is a triangle and one is a sperm. Yeah, but it's like fun 80s no. shapes no. with like squiggles no. and stuff. No. Okay. All right. So we cut two triangle sperm. Okay. And what happens? It's... The Namtuck Cafe. Uh, no. Okay. Wait, maybe I'm getting it back. Maybe I'm getting it confused. Right, because it's triangle sperm. No, it's it's the Namtuck Cafe, because they are the Tutmans, and it's their last name backwards, because that's a really important thing. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. It was, like, kind of a big deal that they didn't draw a lot of attention to. Sounds about right. Uh... Okay, so this this is like this diner is a vegetarian place, which okay, little aside, I was kind of surprised by that because I thought, okay, these two guys, they're gonna murder people to bring back this dead goddess, and they're probably gonna be serving people to people on the side. But no, they're pretty chill about it. They're like, we're vegetarians. We're going to They're not like monsters, Nigel. They're not going to eat poor animals. You mean poor people? No, I mean poor animals. Okay. Well, I just I was a little surprising. I thought that was an interesting twist. Nigel, psycho murderers can be vegetarians too. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Uncle Anwar hangs out in the back in a jar. And yells at them a lot that they're not killing people fast enough to bring back Sheetar mm-hmm. for this Lumerian feast. So they, Uncle Anwar, he tells them that they need to kill eight immoral whores, which kind of seems like an oxymoron, and one virgin at the blood feast, mm-hmm. the blood buffet, the Lumerian feast. Call it what you will. So, okay, here are the other things that they need to get uh, for the feast. Six dog penises. Oh, my gosh. Three large rats. Two golden retrievers. But they're... But they're... They're vegetarians. Yeah, I don't think they are. Eight cats, any gender... MSG. <laughs> Always need that MSG. <laughs> need that MSG and dog food. You sad? Eat some MSG. <laughs> you have newborn baby? <laughs> Give, Give him it MSG. MSG. He'll survive. <laughs> uh, that is a very needy list. Right. Not only do they need eight virgin, vir- nope, they need eight whores, one virgin, and a butt ton of animals. Yeah. Here are my here are my questions. We never see them get the animals. No, we really don't. Um, I just think it's interesting that the dog that there's a separate like dog penises and golden retrievers. Mm-hmm. Like, is there is there any wiggle room on that one? I right. Don't know. Uh, okay. Also, can you in get this- the penis of a golden retriever then? Well, it's not a very specific list. That's no, probably it's not. why everything went wrong. 
but they were oddly specific for the cats. Like, <laughs> right. any cat will do. This is also the scene where we're introduced to the cheerleaders and Connie. And the cheerleaders say things like, it's really simple, Connie. All you have to do is take your top off. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah. And they're like high school cheerleaders. Yeah. And they're also really mean to Connie. Like so mean to her. And they leave her behind, which we'll find out why in a second. Connie talks to Mark and Michael. Wow, who is Mark? Oh, Mark is the detective. They talk to Mike. He, they, She talks to Michael, and at that point, Uncle Anwar is like, oh, yeah, she's the virgin that we're going to need. Don't know how he can tell from across the the oh you can spot a virgin with through his little like two way one way mirror people situation yeah easy uh I could walk into a room point them all out I would (laughs) love to see that parlor trick (laughs) that'd be funny. So what are your skills? Well, I can walk into <laughs> any room and point to a virgin. All of the virgins, actually. That would be hilarious. Would it, though? Yeah, I It just it seems like funny. a very useless... What are you talking about? It'd be so funny. Oh, yeah. It hilarious. might come in handy one day. For summoning Sheetar? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What did I do? Yeah, so... He, Uncle Anwar's like, oh yeah, Connie's the girl that we're going to need to be the virgin in this ritual. Meanwhile, we cut to the Immoral Girls, which are all of the cheerleaders leading a topless, jazzercise, aerobics class. But, like, they were also being, like, I mean, I know that, I don't know, there was also, like, somebody taking pictures. Yeah, they were, like, being filmed for it. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Regardless, that's the gratuitous nudity for this movie. That's not Sheetar. We'll get there in a second. Uh, George and Mikey, they show up in Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan masks and shoot all of the girls to death. They then proceed to chop up the woman the woman the women and sew it back sew different parts back together because that's sheetar yeah like she needs the best parts of each person right they're basically designing their perfect woman it's kind of like weird science yeah but without anthony michael hall and all of the fun (laughs) and just all of the weird well yeah we'll just kind of leave it at that then, throughout the rest of the movie, Sheetar just kind of stands in the corner of their kitchen. Don't they put, like, things on her, though? Yeah, they paint her skin gold and mm. some clothes. She has, like, different clothes in different shots, so I don't yeah. know if that was, like, a mistake or if they actually take the time to change her every day. I mean, it's their god, so they don't want to keep her in the same outfit. It does seem like something that Anwar would yell at them about. Because mm-hmm. he's always yelling. He's never like, hey, he go do this. He is not a loving uncle. No. 
he goes on a rant at one point about how his genitals were getting in the way of his work to Shitar, which is why he chopped them off. Yeah, I didn't really understand that part. Yeah, and he said something about how he wishes that he wasn't a brain in the jar so that he could show her what he's talking about to this dead body. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Um, we're, okay, uh, Mikey, no, George, Georgie is, must be some kind of wrestler because he's always watching wrestling, and he, this is important because there is a wrestler that we find called Little Jimmy Hitler, um, We'll come back to that in a second. You just you just need to know. <laughs> um, so then we're introduced to Mark Shepard and to Sheba Jackson. They are the detectives working on the case. Mm-hmm. And Mark's voice does not match his body. Not even a little bit. And Sheba is the least... She has the least amount of inflection in her voice ever. Yeah. And she really reminds me of Tootie from Facts of Life. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Are we going to turn this into a Facts of Life cast for a second? Did you want to say anything no, about Facts of Life? No, because Tootie's the only one that, like, reminds me of anyone. Okay. Or the police officer. She has, like, the same eyes. I got you. The police chief also has this, like, weird obsession with punching Mark in the stomach. When he says, so many like, times. talks back to him. And every time it happens, Mark's like, ha <laughs> chief, you're funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, shouldn't have said that. You're right, chief. Yeah. No, he just punched you in your stomach. That's not okay. That's workplace violence. They, um, yeah. So then, throughout the rest of the movie, they're trying to get things on their shopping list. Uh, like, at one point, George goes to the beach and like kills this guy and like there's a guy and his girlfriend and they're making out on the sand and he, that was the beach I thought it was like a supposed to be the beach I thought it was like some weird cave <laughs> but you know how sometimes beaches have coves or something like a little cave on it yeah but Okay, but I also thought it was by train tracks. Yeah, I don't know. It I just, don't know. It, it was, was a weird, a weird scene. Yeah, so he kills the girl and takes parts of her. What was go? But but right before that, somebody ran over someone. Yeah, Georgie. He ran over that guy, and he just the guy wouldn't die, so he just proceeded to run him over like back and forth. A comical amount of times. Yeah, it was a ridiculous amount of times. Like, and he had like the biggest smile on his face. And I mean, this guy, like, he had a superpower. He was ran over probably like five or six times, and he was just getting up, getting up, getting up. Yeah. Until, like, he finally runs over his head. Apparently this guy's, like, indestructible unless you specifically run over his head. It was that girl's boyfriend, though? 
I assumed that no, 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 no. the guy before. that got the guy that got run over wasn't the boyfriend, right? Because, well, remember he like knocks out the boyfriend or something. Right. So who who got ran over? Just some guy that he just, hit on just, the side of the road. There was just some guy in the middle of the road, and they're like, yeah, like a hitchhiker, you know, situation oh, like that. Sure, okay. That's what I thought it was okay. doing. Yeah, uh, I'll buy it. So they're collecting parts. And we're also introduced to a rival restaurant. That's why they were restaurant. killing those people. That, that makes sense. They were collecting parts. I yeah, I didn't I didn't get that at first. I think they needed ingredients because for I their they like killed, weird stew thing. Because they they killed all the people they needed for Shitar with the with the cheerleaders. Yeah. yeah. But I think okay. they needed extra parts for the actual feast. I'm following this story finally. Yeah, you getting there? I I got it. Okay. Okay. The re- the rival restaurant tour has this dummy that hangs out with him, mm-hmm. which is kind of terrifying and wears like a cowboy hat. I literally thought they were trying to tell us that was a person. I also thought they were trying to tell us a person because you don't find out until the scene ends that it's the, the cook, right. this restaurant guy, doing the voice of this dummy. Right. And this dummy... But then you're also like, why? Yeah, that also is just kind of a weird choice that this movie made. Um, yeah. The the guy at the restaurant, he's telling... He tells the detectives that it's these health food places, and they think it's like a health food restaurant, and he's mad because the restaurant around the corner is, is taking all of his business. Mm-hmm. Because I think they find health food in the stomach of the women, of the cheerleaders. Yeah, because it was like catfish, like all health food things. Yeah. Meanwhile, the restaurant continues to get more and more business. And there's there's like a regular who at one point is talking about how he is like he's had every veggie burger in the United States and mm-hmm. he knows that theirs is the best mm-hmm. and he wants to know the secret to their surprise and he ends up throwing up at one point and it's really gross. No, but like why does he throw up again? I don't remember. Like they they like they made him throw up. What were they doing? I don't know. But he comes back after he yeah. throws up. Like he's yeah. there throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Like, and he it's must gross. really like this food. Yeah. And the, the, okay, Caitlin, how would you describe the way that this food looks? Like mashed potatoes or oatmeal or something. Right. It kind of looks like, like, very generic. When you are at like a work party or at some kind of event when there's like a veggie tray and you put a little bit of the dressing on there and then you kind of like stick your celery sticks in the dressing. Like, that's how it's kind of arranged. Yeah. And it, I think they're trying to make it look fancier than it really is. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know either. It was also really busy for a veggie place. Yeah. I don't, were veggie places that popular in the 80s? I feel like they were not, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we're probably wrong. We should ask our parents. We should ask our parents. I think that covers, like, the gamut of weird things. Do you remember anything else? (sighs) Nothing is sticking out to me. That was kind of, like, the highlights of weird things. 
Okay. So then, fast forward to when Georgie fights little Jimmy Hitler in the ring. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. That was weird. That was also weird. There are so many things happening in this movie with, like, so many sub points that, like, I can't even keep up with everything. Right. But there's a nightclub that they go to. Mm-hmm. And they give these drugs to the nightclub people. Oh, telling yeah, like them that they want to have a party thing. there. And they're supposed to make them really hungry. Yeah. And this is where their feast is going to be. Mm-hmm. They also meet two, like... Whores there? I don't know what to call them. Yeah, they they kill those prostitutes at mm-hmm. one point. That was weird. I don't. Was that for the feast? I think that was for the feast. Okay. But then, like they, the one prostitute's hand ends up in the trash for some reason. Yeah, I didn't understand either. That seems wasteful. They weren't very thorough with it. Mm-mm. Um, the detective realizes he that deep fries that girl's head and she's still alive. Yeah, and it looks like a hush puppy. Yeah, like a giant hush puppy costume on someone's head. That that was nuts. That was nuts. If How that does doesn't make her? you want to like watch this movie, then I don't know what will. Yeah, he okay, let's talk about that for just a second. There like macking on these prostitutes back at the restaurant mm-hmm. which apparently if you own like a restaurant that's the cool place yeah. to take perspective i think they live there sex conquest i think they do too which i feel like there were a lot of health violations yeah just with having uncle anwar in the back uh yeah and a gold naked body yeah and they get audited at one they point they do I forgot about that. I forgot about that, there too. There was so they many kill the auditor. I guess so. We never see it, but we know that he dies. But, like, I don't know why again. The feast, I guess? I don't know. I feel like they're just killing people at this point. Yeah. Okay, but, so, he's... Mikey is macking on this girl, and he starts covering her in, like, deep-frying batter, and yeah. she thinks it's some kind of sexual thing. Yeah. And then next thing we know, he's pouring it on her head and sticking her head in the deep fryer. And when her head comes back out, it's a giant hush puppy. Yeah. I don't think it works that way in real life, but, you know. I guess we'll have to test it and find out. No. (laughs) I also forget how she dies. Maybe he stabs her. I don't know. And then remember the the other girl? She goes back for her purse. Yeah, I, I told you that was weird. I mean, on the one hand, like, I kind of get it. If but you're getting murdered, you can get your purse later. I mean, Just get I don't, out. I don't think you're going to get your purse back later. That's, well, at least you got your life out. That's true. Do, yeah, get, get, okay. Priorities, people. Yeah. Your life or your purse. Or you could just be like me and don't carry a purse, and then this would not be an issue. Yeah. And then ask your husband to carry your ID in his pocket. No, that never happens. So Mikey, Georgie gets into the ring with little Jimmy Hitler, which is this giant blonde muscular guy with a tiny Hitler stash. And apparently that's his wrestling persona. Yeah, I feel like you can't do that. I mean, you can't anymore, but I guess in, in the, the 80s, world of okay. underground wrestling... It's fine. Mikey invites Connie to this event because they're going to go to mm. the Lumerian feast afterward. Yeah. They had a big day. 
Yeah. The... Georgie bites, like, a hole into little Jimmy Hitler's leg, Mm -hmm. which was fun. And impressive. And Connie gets covered in the blood, and she wants to go home. And... Mikey says, yeah, I'm not having it that way and punches her and knocks her out like right in front of someone, too. And no one thinks anything of it. He gives some excuse. I don't remember what he says, like she can't handle the sight of blood or something like that. Oh, yeah, that was kind of funny. Except he just punched her in the face. Yeah, in front of someone and no one did anything about it. So then they take Connie and Sheetar to this nightclub where there's a band playing with the most glorious pompadour I've ever seen on a person. That guy's hair? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. I forgot what it looked like for a second. Yeah, that was crazy. And people are dancing. It wasn't like their band, right? It was just some band? Yeah, I think it was just some band at the nightclub. Okay. But, like, while the band is playing, they start this ritual on the backstage and set up this cauldron of body parts and slop and i guess this ritual makes all the people hungry so they start eating it and they all turn into zombies yeah because they had like appetite pills remember yeah yeah yeah. i mean i get like why they're hungry right but i just how could you be so hungry that this is what you would eat i don't know and like i don't get why it turns them into zombies yeah, I don't understand that. I don't even know why they needed zombies. Like, did they turn into zombies before they ate the food? I don't I think know. it was really unclear. Yeah. And Sheetar does come to life. Yes. And that's when her chest has, like, a mouth on it. Yeah. The chest vagina, as I would call it. But all this is happening, but meanwhile... The one detective figures out that it's Tutman's because... Because Namta is Tutman backwards. Yeah. Also, are you like... Like, the the ambulance never came into play either. I mean, I think they lost the amulet at one point. Well, they lost one because it was found in the trash can with the girl's hand. Yeah. But the amulets didn't seem to be... I thought they they were for protection, though. Were they for protection? I think they were for protection. Okay. Well, I feel like that's something that you wouldn't want to lose. Yeah. Probably not. All right. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the yeah. cops show up at this, like, feast. Yeah. Oh, at one point, they had to save Uncle Anwar from the 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 other restaurant guy and they chop his arms off and he still tries to drive away with because he was looking that was funny he was looking for their secret ingredient and for their special special ingredient and he said oh it must be this brain that they have in a jar with eyeballs oh my gosh and then he tries to drive with the arms and that was hilarious yeah and then they put anwar the brain into shitar yes because that's part of the final step of turning. Which seems like Shitar that's alive. fake, but okay. Yeah. Um. And then the detectives show show up and they start shooting people. Connie is saved. 
mm-hmm. I think Sheetar dies because they didn't complete the ritual. Do they? Yeah, do... I actually wasn't sure what happened to Sheetar. But the brothers die, the right? The brothers die. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They shoot both the brothers. Yeah. Georgie gets shot, like, right away. Yeah. And then that they're like, I don't know what happened, and end of movie. Yeah. Like, I know it sounded like we were all over the place in that podcast, but literally that's how the movie is. There's, like, all these things that are happening, and it just happens so, like, out of the blue, and, like, there's so many different plot things going on. And the movie just, it okay, so it starts off weird with, like, the uncle... Mm-hmm. In the the grave scene, and you're like, oh, okay, that's yeah, that's funny, that's weird, but then it just amps everything up. Mm-hmm. With each new thing, each new scene, and each new bit of information that you're given, you start to wonder, all right, there's no way that they're gonna top this, and then they do. Yeah, and then they just keep going, like consistently, consistently, tops itself. Until there's nowhere left to go but everyone dying. Yeah, that's true. Except the police officers don't die. But didn't one of them get shot? No, nah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't recall that last scene very well because I was kind of confused why everyone was turning into zombies. That so. was it, There were just kind of a lot of things happening and a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And um, that's the movie. It was a good movie, though. It definitely, like, had me laughing, so I will give it that. It's probably one of my new favorite bad movies, and I will show it to everyone for the rest of my life. Did you tell Clayton to watch it? I did not explicitly tell him to watch it, but I will. You should. Okay. I will do that ASAP. Where are we going to put this on our... Um, I think it should go, I'm in between, oh gosh, there's so many good ones. I would say anywhere between Valentine and Showgirl. All right, so which movie do you think was like more... All right, so this movie definitely takes points away from Showgirls, and that is definitely lower quality. Mm-hmm. But which movie do you think is a better rewatchable factor? I would rewatch both of them, honestly, but I think this one before Showgirls. Okay. I want to put this between Terrorvision and Showgirls as Let's much do as it, it pains me to do that. You good with that? Yeah, I'm good okay, with that. Okay, cool. And I feel like I remembered something that I wanted to add, like a weird fact about this movie at the end, but now I can't remember. It was dubbed. It was not dubbed. I promise. Just because one guy has a weird <laughs> voice does not mean that a movie's dubbed. Well, then that dummy was there, so. Uh, yeah, the dummy was weird. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, that concludes our Halloween movies. Boo! So, what are we going to do for the month of November? Thanks Killing 2. Thanks Killing 3. No. Yes. Oh, no, it's happening. No. You have no choice I in this matter. I am not sitting through that any movie. You have Nigel, zero... that movie was so dumb. I okay. did not like that movie. Caitlin, do it for the fans. I don't think they like that movie. Do it for the love of bad movies oh with me. Gosh. 
It was painfully bad. I would watch Showgirls a million times before I watched that. I would watch Jason Look, X before I watched that. We have a whole... We have a whole. What is what is close to to Thanksgiving? Dolls, Howling Two, Book of Shadows. Okay, I would watch Book of Shadows before Thanksgiving, and I would watch Alone in the Dark before Thanksgiving. Then why isn't Thanksgiving lower on our list? I don't know. I certainly did not do that. Okay. Thanksgiving should be at the bottom. I would watch Paint Dry before I watch Things Killing. Okay, well, we're not watching Things Killing. We're watching Things Killing 3. Oh it's different. Gosh. Is it a musical? No, it's not a musical. I would watch it if it was a musical. Okay, but I'm going to find us the musical, and we will watch the musical okay. someday. That I will watch. But, okay, here, okay. let me tell you the plot of Things Killing 3. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I need to look it up. I, I don't want to... Because it was so boring that you forgot it, too. No, I know that it has something to do with... Well, you'll just... I know that we talked about it on here. Foul-mouthed villain Turkey carves through the likes of a rapping grandma, a mindless puppet, a wig-wearing inventor, a bisexual Why? space worm, and the equally ridiculous friends on his quest to recover the last copy of Thanksgiving 2. Boo! All the epi- all all the the copies of Thanksgiving two have been destroyed. Yeah, as they should be. And he's trying to find the last copy. He should let it die. That's why it's Thanksgiving three. Because Thanksgiving two is missing. Oh my God! What was that? That is the rapping grandma. I'm assuming. See, they try to make this movie bad. Right, and that's why it's terrible. <laughs> and that's why we have like to you watch can't it. even make a good bad movie. Right. Okay, so... Uh, Guys, I'm not looking forward to this. Good. Anyways, so that's what we're up to. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, please don't make me watch Things Killing. Oh, we're, you have to. Oh my god. But we'll find some other fun movies, and then in December, you know, we'll do all of our Hallmark and Lifetime movies. I'm so sad that we didn't do a quote from this movie. There weren't any really good ones what? that I could find on IMDb, though. I think any line in this movie is quote worthy. I mean, you're not wrong. And literally anything that Uncle Anwar says is quote yes, worthy. Yes, accurate. So, uh, I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do Dreamcatcher. Maybe we'll shake things up and find some kind of lifetime Thanksgiving movie or something. Who knows? We'll find out. Until next time, we will talk to you later. Happy Halloween!